0: Thank you for joining me for another episode of God Talk. I apologize I did not get to put one out last week, but I was up in Buffalo doing a funeral for some relatives. And uh, so I'm putting this one out a day earlier or so uh, this week, and I was looking at a book that made me kind of think of it being a good topic for a podcast, but the book is called Letter to the Churches by Eric Metaxas. And he has a chapter in there. It's not a really long chapter, just a few pages, but he talks about something called a spiral of silence. And the premise is that when everyone is silent on a subject then no one will be brave enough to, to speak. But when you get a, a few people that are willing to speak then more and more people are willing to speak. Kind of reminds me of when I was in seminary. Uh, oftentimes the professors would say something that I did not agree with. And everyone in the class is just accepting it. They, no, no one's questioning it. No one's saying, wait, where are you getting this? It, it, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, that doesn't correlate with these other passages of the Bible. Everyone just kind of sits there and takes it. Some people really kind of are eating it up. And others are just kind of, you know, just sitting there, you know, to, you, you can tell that they're just taking it. And I was one of those people who just couldn't just sit there and take it. If something didn't make sense, I, I'd question it. And so I was always the one that would speak up in class. Now, on occasion, rare occasion, after I spoke up, uh, some others would speak up, but what would normally happen is I would speak up in class and then as soon as class was over and I'd walk out the door, all of a sudden I'd have three or four different people come up to me and say, I'm really glad you said that. I was thinking the same thing. And I would kind of think to myself, well, if you're thinking the same thing, why didn't you speak up and say it? But that's where there's just a spiral of silence that, you know, people are afraid to say things when no one else is saying it. And sometimes it takes multiple people being willing to stick their neck out and say it before others then are willing to speak up and not fear the the stigma, the consequences, the, uh, you know, all all the things that go along with when you really question uh, the authority or you question the uh, just the presumed. Uh, what, what is right and what is wrong, what's accurate and what's not. Um, there's just a lot of pressure to conform. Uh, and we see that in society, don't we? Um, there's a lot of pressure to remain silent on things that that society is trying to push down your throat. Um, I mean, is it just like limited to the LGBTQ stuff? I mean, there's a ton of pressure to remain silent on that. Um, Even though, like, you know, I heard someone say the other day that the reason that they have a Pride Month is because there's so many people that are gay that commit suicide or transgender that do. They think that by really supporting them for a month, uh, they'll have better confidence in themselves and so forth. When the reality is, is you're supporting them in uh, such a a bizarre and dysfunctional behavior that for the other 11 months out of the year they're gonna feel really depressed and probably be more inclined to kill themselves because they're continuing a behavior that is uh, it's, it's not natural and it's dysfunctional and you know in it's mentally ill in in many respects um, and you can't say that you there's so much pressure You know, to to not speak out against it. And that's why, like, I I really appreciate what the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has been doing, where he's been pushing back not only on, uh, like, Disney, but, like, in schools. It it started with the whole, you know, they have to be a certain age before you can even talk about the stuff in school. So, you know, for for people that are brave enough to speak up in the school board meetings, um, I, I just, I really appreciate and, uh, and and encourage like people to keep doing that, uh, because it's, it's honestly not just the LGBTQ stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of just woke thinking. Um, it, racially, we do it right. Um, I mean, the, the amount of, of two-facedness in, in what is considered racism or prejudice is astounding, and, and I've addressed this all the time. You know that that basically um, the only preference you can't give is to white and everyone else is able to give you know preference to uh, their ethnicity and and there's nothing wrong with it from entrance into schools to hiring of jobs and it's just it's it's wrong it's it's as wrong as it possibly can be but it's tolerated and you're not allowed to you you know there's a great amount of pressure to not point out the inconsistencies and uh, pressure to not speak up on it um, and, and you can take the traditional values all right Judeo-Christian values I, I mean if you are trying to promote any of those or encourage any of those or to lift any of those up um, that's not that's not looked very favorably upon and so there's just this pressure in society um, to remain silent now what's interesting is it's not just something that's unique to society. I would say there's you know, pressure um, in the church the, the same way. Um, I think when you think of pastors, I know so many pastors who they won't speak up on certain issues because they don't think that their parishioners will, will go for it. And so here we have people that are supposed to be uh, shepherds of, of God's flock and, and shepherds who are willing to ignore things that are spiritually unhealthy for their flock. It would be like a literal shepherd saying, you know what? Um, I don't feel like messing with, uh, these, uh, these wolves that are coming. Therefore, I'm just not going to say anything. And you know, that way I, I won't get bit. I won't get attacked. Um, and I'll just ignore it. And you know what, if I lose a few sheep, it's better than you know, losing a few fingers or losing a hand or, you know, getting an infection and dying or something. So, hey, I'm just not going to say something. And I've never understood that because honestly, as pastors, we're, we're, it's kind of like being in the military. When you're in the military, you're, you're not there for your own safety. You're there for the safety and the security of your country. And if that means you die in the process, well, so be it. That that, that when you sign up for it or get enlisted or drafted or whatever, that, that just comes with the job. And so it is with the pastor. I mean, we're not there to, shouldn't be there to collect paychecks. We shouldn't be there to uh, just keep the family happy. Uh, you're, it's like raising your own children. If you're raising your children just to keep them happy, then you're gonna have some spoiled children. And if you're just you know managing your flock at the church, in order to kind of keep them happy That's not going to work out real well either And, and so there's this great pressure though To, to remain silent and, and I've just never understood pastors that do it But I'm here to tell you that, that, that pastors do do it um, And there's pressure because The reality is, is the same things that are going on in, in society Whether that be LGBTQ Or you know Any kind of um, uh, Just dysfunctional lifestyle That's out there uh, maybe people living together before marriage, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's all this pressure to, to just not say something, uh, to, to not call it out like it is. When, when, listen, I, like when I was a kid, you just were never cremated as Christian. We don't talk about that anymore. Um, you, you, uh, you didn't commit suicide and, and now that's fine. Um, you know, you didn't get a Christian burial if you, if you didn't go to church and now as long as you went to church, you know, at least once or twice in your life, everything's fine. So, I mean, I'm just saying across the board, uh, there's all kinds of pressure to tell people what their itching ears want to hear. And scripture tells us that's what it's going to be like in the final days. And so, you know, in the church, we feel this pressure, uh, this spiral of silence, because now th- this is the reality is like most other churches don't talk about the stuff that I talk about. So there becomes more and more pressure that I don't talk about it either. One of the worst is like when we look at a man's role as a head of the family. I mean, that's one that like every time I've, I I talk about, I've got the fear of God in me knowing that, this could very well not work out real well. And it probably does affect how strong I actually do preach it compared to how much I feel about it. Because, well, the reality is, is there's a great amount of pressure to not talk that way anymore. You know, your donors, whoever your biggest donors are in church, we saw this during COVID. It was the donors that, you know, determined what the church did or didn't do. And that's just something that I refuse to be silent because of, of what, you know, the biggest donors think I should say or not say. And honestly, I lost uh, the, the biggest donor in our congregation during COVID, and, and God more than made up for it because of you know me being faithful to Him more than to the donors. But I'm here to tell you that the the donors will put a lot of pressure on pastors. Pastor, you know we don't talk about this. I remember when I was on vicarage—that's our year of internship—I was in Washington State, and uh, I was over at the pastor's house for dinner and one of his big donors was there, this, uh, this woman that uh, had a vineyard, and, uh, or not a vineyard, an orchard, and um, somehow the conversation got brought up, and, and listen, it, it, was a, it was a conservative Republican area, and, and I spoke about illegal immigration, and that's normally a safe thing around Republicans. Well, except when you're in Washington state, and it's based upon illegal immigrants uh, making all the money for you, and that's what chaps my hide the most about politics and Republicans are some of the worst at it honestly Democrats are no better but politics on both sides is like we're so we're so two-faced we're so situational so here I am espousing a, a just standard Republican viewpoint that you know we shouldn't allow illegals to be you know coming into the country and and, and working you know jobs that Americans could be working and I had the pastor uh, pull me aside uh, I think the the next day and said you know you might want to be careful with some of your comments those comments aren't going to play well with some of the people around here and I was shocked because I knew they were you know kind of conservative people uh but but that's where like things are so situational and in that church uh the pastor cowered to the the desires of the orchard owners and the people that made all the money because they're the ones that gave all the money and so that determines what you say and not say rather than you know, the laws of America or, you know, God's laws, you know, the, the, you know, obeying government's kind of part of things. So I wasn't that out of line for what I was saying, but, but once again, for Republicans and Democrats alike, well, it's only if, if those rules or laws work in your favor and when they don't, then they don't really matter anyways. And and there's just no credibility in that. And, and that just drives me absolutely nuts. And so, you know. And there's another level that I think we we, we struggle with in the church, and, and I've become very sensitive to it. Is, is that there's um, there's the the attitudes and beliefs of your base, and what I mean by that is, you know, if the majority of people are going to disagree with something that you're going to say, then you probably would best not say it. Um, and, and I know the you know the church has struggled this a lot with. With politics, you know, I can sit here and talk bad about Biden all day long, and there'll be shouts and cheers from from the congregation. But if I say, you know, I'm for DeSantis, there'd maybe be some booze. If I said I was for Christie, there'd be some booze. Um, you know, if I said I'm against Trump, there'd be, you know, there'd be people running for the doors, right? And and so not that the church should get involved in politics. I'm not saying that, that we should, but oftentimes politics will overlap religion because politics affects our life. Just take the debt ceiling. I mean, that, that affects our children and our children's children. And that's about being a good steward of this country God's given us. Um, you know, being against abortion is, is about, you know, believing in that God's a creator of life and he's the only one that takes life. And so that's where all these other issues become uh, very significant. But but once again, we, we only we, we only care about it when we care about it. And that's just one of the biggest frustrations that I have is like when uh, Clinton was in office, like any immoral thing that, that he did was just like uh, it was evil. Like, how could anyone support such a person like that? And it just doesn't work that same way when it's the, the Republicans doing it. It's kind of like when Mitt Romney ran for president. Mormons were always cult until Mitt ran, Romney ran for president. But when like, Mitt Romney runs for president, then, well, we, well, we want it to be a Republican. So let's guess what? The Mormons aren't cults anymore. Well, they still didn't believe that God had Jesus by having sex with a woman. They still believe that Jesus and Satan are, are brothers. They still believe there's many gods. Uh, they still believe the Garden of Eden is in Missouri. Since when did they stop becoming a cult? But 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 everything's so situational. when the base becomes that way, then the pastor says, "Do I speak up, or do I remain silent?" And I just want to encourage everyone listening to this. You know, when you're when you're dealing with your kids and and everyone else is, uh, you know parents are allowing their kids to do certain things and you just don't feel right about it you can buy into that that um, that spiral of silence and say nothing or you can like speak up because you, you know it's wrong and once again if no one's speaking up then then no one will speak up and especially with kids, once again, another application, you know, the school board, where your kids go to school. It's easier to just be quiet when you find out a teacher said a certain thing or the administration's done certain things. But you know what? You'll find out that when you speak up, other people will be willing to speak up. And so we got to be willing to speak um, in every aspect of life. Um, it, that It's so much easier to a lot of times be quiet. Now, I'm not saying that, that God calls for us to be jerks about it. He doesn't. But we are called, according to scripture, to speak the truth in love. So whether it's you having conversations with your spouse, it might be easier for you to succumb to the spiral of silence and keep your mouth shut. But what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. So speak the truth in love. When it comes to your kids, speak the truth in love. When it comes to your kids' teachers or, or, or the principal, speak the truth in love. Honestly, when it comes to your boss, um, you know, it's easier when, like, the, the boss is being a taskmaster or a jerk, you know, there's that spiral of silence, everyone's going to be quiet, because everyone's afraid if they speak up, they, there goes any promotions, maybe they'll even be looking for a reason to fire them. You know what? Speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. Once again, like in seminary, I was always questioning the professors, but I always did it in a respectful way. And I still always question people in a respectful way. And honestly, I've I've never like had negative repercussions for it. Um, You know, either like I'm right in my opinion. And if I am, someone else needs to consider something different. Or if I'm wrong in my opinion, then I need to bring it up so someone can correct my way of thinking. So I just encourage all of us as we listen to this, um, I think the spiral of silence is real and I think it's really destroying America. I think it's destroying the church and what it's gonna call for is a bunch of us that are brave enough to be willing to speak up, do it tactfully, do it in love, but in the end, you know, regardless of whatever the repercussions are, um, there's far greater re- repercussions to a greater society and to your family and to your kids and to your grandkids if you don't speak up. So uh, speak the truth in love. Uh, God bless all of you. Thank you for listening to this episode of God Talk, and I look forward to talking to you next week.